Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time. It's time. Time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. Ten, five, victory! Cowboys win! This is Love of the Star. 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 Welcome back to the Love of the Star podcast. I am Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan, the radio flagship home of the Cowboys. Joined, as always, by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout, Brian Broaddus, he is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday. Brian, how you doing today, man? I am doing very well, Robert. Thank you very much. Uh, looking forward to uh, visit with you about uh, what we saw in Philadelphia and what lies ahead for this football team. Which I think the first thing we got to talk about about Philadelphia, Brian, is the fact that uh, I know we mentioned it on the air that I was supposed to take a Ziploc baggie for your, yeah. your pretzels. And mm-hmm. I did. I remembered. You didn't think I'd remember to bring the Ziploc baggie, but I did. I forgot it in my backpack, though. And I, yeah. I left my backpack on the team bus, uh, which also caused for me to get extra airplane screening leaving the stadium because I didn't have my ID uh, because I also left that in the backpack. So you weren't the only one who got screwed over by my forgetfulness. I got uh, bitten by it, too. But the Cowboys stats guru, Bob Thomas from the radio team came through for you and he's got your your soft pretzels up here so i gotta say i was surprised when you said uh that i was supposed to get a ziploc bag of pretzels i thought you meant like actual pretzels i didn't realize they were soft pretzels and that they were yeah. giant because i thought you were asking me to get a zip like a gallon ziploc baggie of like regular pretzels i was like that's gonna look absurd just scooping like so many pretzels in there it makes a lot more sense now that you were a a soft pretzel guy but they were good they were very good yeah, David Hellman and I figured out a long time ago that the Philadelphia pretzels are outstanding. And the problem is there'll be certain times during the game when you're sitting there and you're like, you're thinking more about the pretzels than the <laughs> Cowboys driving the football or making a stop on defense. But, uh, yeah, I knew Bob texts me. It's funny. Um, he was listening to the pregame show that we do on 105.3 The Fan. 
and he heard you mention that you forgot the bag. And then he texts me immediately and says, I got you covered. So I always count on my buddy Bob to take care of me. Maybe next time, Bobby, you can uh, you can help me out. There. I'm going I'll, to I'll, I, I, see now I'm going to have to I'll bring you two Ziploc baggies next year. Nah, to make that's up good, for it. man. We're, we're going to make sure they're, you they're get, great pretzels, though. They're they they really, really they're they yeah. incredible. And uh, Elliot Shore Parks, our friend who was on last week, uh, he made sure to, to tell me, yeah, those are like the best pretzels in the world. You really screwed up by forgetting that uh, because, uh, you know, those those are great. and You can only get them here. Um, speaking of screwing up. A lot of screwing up on Sunday night. Quarterback screwed up. Uh, the tackling wasn't always great. Defense didn't come through in some big moments. Um, overall, a, a, a sloppy performance. Uh, you know, it, what the narrative we all talked about coming into this game was that Philadelphia is just a dominant second quarter team. And it's bizarre that they, they just they score almost all their points in the second quarter. That was the case here. Second quarter went 20 to three. The rest of the game, Dallas outscored them 14 to six. And so uh, the, the narrative played out the way we thought. Brian, uh, what were some of your large takeaways, especially after watching the film? Yeah, I felt like that there were a couple things going in that we were really, really worried about. We were worried about the quarterback running the ball. That wasn't a factor. Nope. We were worried about the tight end and their screen game. That wasn't a factor. Nope. You take those two things away, you kind of feel like you might have had a chance to win this football game. But you brought it up. There were untimely penalties, poor tackling, a coach's challenge or two that might have not been called. Uh, you know, it was one of those things where you almost have to play perfect to beat this Philadelphia Eagle team right now with the way they're going offensively, how they're playing defensively. I didn't give their secondary, secondary excuse me, nearly enough credit for how they cover. I yeah. felt like they were grabby, handsy. If, they, if anybody was going to call penalties in a game, uh, maybe they were not going to show up here and, and cover as well as they did. They contested every ball. They knocked down every ball. Uh, you know, Cooper Rush wasn't particularly accurate throwing the ball, but the routes weren't open. It's just, you know, the waggles, the boots, the deceptions of some of the routes. They ran a stutter go that got a corner to fall. But other than that, the secondary for the Eagles played really, really well in the game because the pass rush was there, but it wasn't a dominant pass rush. Right. You know, Cooper Rush had opportunity to get rid of the ball. The problem is that the, the Eagles secondary was up to the task. Yeah, and I mean, I think if you look, just uh, scan the box score and go, okay, you uh, you averaged a yard more per play than Philadelphia did. You, uh, you averaged... Uh, 5.2 yards per carry where Philadelphia averaged three and a half. You, uh, you ended out throwing for about 50 yards more net passing. When you include the sacks, uh, you had a, a Cowboys team who didn't allow a single sack in this game. You got to Jalen hurts four times. I think typically you hear that and you go, that's a recipe for a victory. But then you look through the box score and you go three turnovers to none, uh, 10 penalties to two. Uh, I mean, Philadelphia picked up four first downs off of penalties alone. And you see things like Philadelphia breaking up 12 passes, which is just an obscene number to allow happen. Um, they were they were getting their hands on, on a lot of passes, breaking up a lot of passes in there. James Bradbury, I thought, was really, really good 
almost all night. Um, and so it, the, the story as it tends to, to happen comes down to penalties and turnovers. And, and Dallas just got their ass kicked there. Yeah, and the losses they've had this year, they've had double-digit penalties. Yep. All the wins have been either you know four, five, six penalties. But both their losses, opening day against Tampa – and this uh, last game against the Eagles, it's been about penalties, and and it really the you know when the penalties are uh, unfortunate penalty for C.D. Lamb with a block in the back. You know they're fighting for yards, they're trying to get anything going in the game. You know they get the ball to the outside, and they're they're going to get a nice gain, and you know C.D. gets a block in the back for you know no reason, and. Heck, it almost came back later in the game too. Uh, you know, with Pollard, I, unfortunately, the yeah. the referees felt like it was more of a side block than it was a back block. And man, I mean, which I'll be honest, was, I, I could have, I wouldn't have blamed them if they called that a block in the back. Oh, I, I wouldn't either. I mean, I think the fact that they saw the defender's name that they said, well, maybe it wasn't a total block in the back. But yeah, it, it, you know it. The, when this team is disciplined, and I mean discipline in tackling, discipline in penalties, you know, discipline in assignments, they're a good football team. Even with Cooper Rush playing quarterback, they're a good team. They almost survived three turnovers in this game, you know, and they just, it, it, it was such a poor start that it was going to be hard to overcome. I mean, whether it's. Yeah. Cooper Rush or Dak Prescott, you just can't spot teams' points like that. You can't spot teams' field position. They've given teams' field position before. Uh, short punts have led to the drives being on their side of the 50, and they've not given up points. But you just, not to these types of teams. And, you know, it, it's you just have to be – it just – with Cooper Rush at quarterback, it's just such a fine line for how they play. And you know what? They, to their credit, they're four and one with him playing quarterback that way. Yeah. You know, and, and that five, five and one I'm going not, back to last year. Five and one. Yeah, if you go yeah. Back to last and I'm year. not trying to. I'm not trying to put this all on Cooper Rush because they missed tackles in the hole. You know, they they didn't always. You know, they weren't always assignment sound. The court. You know, the fourth and one call. After the the uh, lamb that extension, was, that was awful. That that was, that was mean, awful just, all the way around. Just run the ball there, get the first down, and then work from there. I mean, this. I, I mean, it's hard to fault Mike McCarthy right now, and because I go back to, and I said this yesterday on the G Bag Nation on one hundred five three, the fan. There was a call against the uh, that he made. Uh, the Giants game on a fourth and four, and it was the drive that CeeDee Lamb went off that scored the touchdown against the Giants. It's yeah. a 13-all game, and he goes for it on fourth and four, and you're like going, well, that was a gutsy call. Well, you know, and they get it, and what happens? They score a touchdown, and they're up 20 to 13, and that was that was what they needed to win. And, and you're so – he's made some really gutsy, bold calls – that have worked. Cincinnati. But Cincinnati going Cincinnati. forward on fourth No, down. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. He's made calls. And that could have been another one. That could have been, okay, fine. You're not going to give me the first down. I'm going to put Zeke at fullback, Pollard at halfback. I'm going to hand the ball straight ahead. And we're going to get a first down and we're going to keep driving. Now, I don't know if it ends up in points or not. But they were looking for anything. 
I mean, and that that wasn't just the only play in the game, though. You know, they they had they had some opportunities that they just missed the pass, the deep pass that Lamb that was intercepted. Yeah. They get the double move, the stutter go, get the corner to fall, and they're max protecting it on the right side, and they're leaving Tyler Smith one on one on the backside. And Brandon Graham, who's been a cowboy killer majority of Gosh, his career, they could not block him. Can't block him, and so all of a sudden, you know, usually when they're when they're max protecting, they're throwing to the side of where they're max protecting. This time, they protected the front side through the ball backside, and uh, you know, it, it cost them. It, it, this game was just it, the game was there for the taking because I didn't feel like that Jalen hurts was doing anything to kill you. No, Jay, and I, I think Jay I didn't feel like that, that Dallas Goddard was doing anything to kill you. And he mentioned 3.5 yards of carry could have been a whole hell of a lot worse. You know, now I'll say this one thing too, Bobby, and, and I'll let you have a, a, a moment with the mic. <laughs> the, the, the thing that, you know, on the, the long drive that really killed the game. The backbreaker. Yeah. Yeah. The backbreaker drive. They started off with a 13 yard run. That was the longest run that Sanders had the day. What do they do? They slant the front to their right. Ball comes back the other way. Now it's Leighton Vanderesh one-on-one with a guard, and he gets blocked, and now it's a 13-yard run. You know, third and 18, they had a Jalen Hurts long run on a quarterback draw. But you're okay with that. You know, I'm like, hey, we're, you know, it's okay. That's that's gonna that's we're fine. But see, that's they—they they didn't get overwhelmed by the things we thought they were going to get overwhelmed by. They got—they got overwhelmed by their own issues of not tackling in the hole and not separating on the outside. Well, I mean, how much did we talk about last week that a, a lot of times Philadelphia's game isn't even efficiency in the run. They're not always efficient in the run. They they'll run their head into a brick wall a dozen times until it cracks and then they break through. Like they're they just stay committed to it. It's it's not it's not one of these offenses that tends to just gash you with, you know, really creative looks and and taking advantage of a numbers game. It's it's not like the Kyle Shanahan type of running offense that's, you know, looking for, oh, here we got the numbers. Let's, you know, change things up, run the ball, pick up, you know, 20. That's not really Philadelphia. Philadelphia is just old school, physical, you know, ground and pound. And and I think you saw that on Sunday night. To me, this this comes down to and, and I don't want to slight Cooper Rush. I think Cooper Rush has done an admirable job. Um, to me though, if, if Cooper rush is, is average on Sunday night, they win the game because he was below average and, and gave these short fields. I mean, that's 13 points in a nine point game. And so I think that, I think if you would have had Dak Prescott out there or you would have had Cooper rush playing a, a, just an average game or the type of games we've seen from him against the giants and, and against the Bengals and things like that. I think Dallas wins that game. I do too. I, and I, you know, you got to give them credit for uh, the Eagles because they knew that Cooper Rush was not going to beat him in that game. They nope. forced him to have to play. You know, they really did. Ezekiel had played his ass off. He was football. great. He was a he had a yeah. great game. That's probably the best I mean, game he's played this year. When we we've, we've talked about we've talked about Ezekiel, you know, back in the day when he'd rush for 150 yards. He rushes for 81 yards, and that's just like him running for 150 yards. The way the he showed balance, body control, toughness, all those things. You know, you just couldn't you couldn't get a stop 
you know, we talked about Cooper Rush and Cooper Rush is what Cooper Rush is. And, but the main thing that bothered me in this one, Bobby, and I said it on post game and 105.3 and all these things, your best unit on the team is your defense and they couldn't get a stop. You know, yeah. all you needed was one more stop, you know, and you let them drive. You, you know, you had momentum. You know, let, let's see if Cooper Rush can make a play. I mean, he's brought teams back before, but – and the momentum was kind of swinging your way. But when they, when they scored with seven minutes to go, I said, man, this thing's over. I mean, because, you know, it's just over because they couldn't – It's too dry. Dallas – Yeah, you Dallas, need two more possessions. Dallas was – yeah, Dallas was trying – Dallas's drives, it might have taken three days for them to score because it's just so methodical that they were boot, handoff, handoff, boot, handoff, handoff, boot. You know, I mean, that's that's what the offense was. And it maybe, you know, maybe they could have found a way, but the defense just could not get a stop. Man, 11 straight times. And it wasn't like gashing runs. No, it was it was six, it was five, it was one, nickel it was and dime, four, it was five. Yeah, it was good enough. It was good enough. And uh, you know, specifically, I know Dan Quinn talked about their level of tackling. Said it was the worst performance they've had since probably the Giants game. That uh, they they had ten missed tackles in the Giants game, and they had ten in this one. The one guy he he had praise for, and I'm curious if you saw it this way, Brian. Uh, yesterday, he did. Did you hear Dan Quinn talk? Yeah, a little bit. Okay, so did you hear who the the single guy he was impressed with? No, I missed that. All one. right, then I want to see if you guys had the same perspective. He said there was one guy specifically in the secondary that he thought this guy had a great game, even though there were some struggles uh, for other guys tackling. Who do you think it was? He probably said Wilson. No, he said he was really impressed with Malik Hooker. He said Malik he thought Hooker. he said he thought Malik Hooker was was one guy. That I don't know how you'd be counter. impressed with Wilson, but I was thinking maybe I saw Wilson the wrong way. No, no, no. Uh, he he, he thought he thought God. Hooker he thought Hooker was the most reliable tackler they had the other night. Had a miss in the hole. Had a chance one time. They had a chance for. Uh, we all have chance. misses in the hole sometimes. Yeah, had a chance for uh, probably a two three yard gain on on Sanders and missed the tackle and ended up being six seven yard gain. Yeah, I mean, hey, uh, I think, hey, I love Dan Quinn, and he's far better at his job than I am. But um, I kind of felt like there was a time. I'll put it this way: he didn't miss as many tackles as some of the others. Who, who, you know? who, who on? I'll say this. Obviously, we we feel like Cooper Rush needed to have a big game. Was there somebody on defense that you feel like if this guy would have had a better game, maybe your fortunes are different? I think anybody. I, I I kind of feel like that in the secondary you weren't good enough. You allowed them to do some things. Lewis, I don't think was particularly good. Uh, Diggs, I, I know the one time that he got picked, uh, you know, on the fourth and three play that you know they've got to be. I don't. I didn't think Brown. I'll tell you what. I am um, AJ I'm, AJ Brown. By the way, one one thing that Trayvon Diggs needs. AJ Brown got in his head a little bit. I think so too. You could you could see that he he messed with him a little bit. I I think that I think the thing that I, that I think that Lewis was not very good. I didn't think Wilson was very good. I didn't think that, and I'll say it's about Anthony Brown. I kind of felt like that Anthony Brown was going to have one of those years where he was going to get interceptions. He was going to knock down a lot of balls. He was going to make some good physical tackles when he had to in space. He, you know, I, I I was singing praises for Dorrance Armstrong. He's Dorrance Armstrong in the running game got hooked 
way, way, way too much. Yeah. Way, way too much. But the pass rush stuff is really, really good, you know. But I was really singing the praises of Anthony Brown coming into the season. Anthony Brown has been a below average player for the Dallas Cowboys. Ooh. He has not played with he has not played with the the intensity and the desire and the willingness to do everything that he needs to do every week. There's far too many times where receivers have taken advantage of him and he's been kind of left like he's waiting for a bus, you know, standing around and oh, maybe somebody else could tackle here, maybe somebody else can cover here. Hasn't played with a lot of awareness. Um, I, I, this me, that's my view. Um, I'm sure it'll, something like this gets back to him, and he'll probably doesn't give a damn. But man, I, don't know. I, I really he's, he's was the t- singing the type, his presence. He's the type yeah. to block. Uh, he, he's the type to block, Brian. So if he does get back, he'll, he'll probably care enough to to give you a block. That's why he has that ch- uh, that literal chip tattooed on his shoulder. Remember? Well, he 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 could play a lot better. I know we're halfway or near halfway through the season. But he needs to play a lot better for this football team. You are listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast, and you can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, Brian, uh, let's move over now and discuss the return of Dak Prescott, which appears to be imminent. Uh, Before we do that, though, I do want to give a shout out and a special thank you to our sponsor, Boomer Jacks. And uh, Boomer Jacks wants to hook you guys up. Today is Tuesday, so you can get half price bone in wings by going to Boomer Jacks tomorrow. If you're if you're more of a boneless wings person head up there tomorrow because I got half price boneless wings. Boomer Jacks is the spot, especially with, you know, hockey season just underway. We're in the middle of football season. We got the NBA season getting going. Uh, Boomer Jacks is the spot that you're going to be at to uh, check out all the live sporting events. They got wall to wall TVs, great drink specials uh, starting at $3. So you'll definitely want to hit up Boomer Jacks this sports season. Head over to boomerjacks.com to find one of the 17 DFW locations. That's boomerjacks.com. Brian, we've got the return of Dak Prescott. It appears heading into this week, uh, Mike McCarthy saying that Dak Prescott will be cleared for practice, full, fully medically cleared for practice on Wednesday. They're getting this ramp up period going. He threw a little bit before the Philadelphia game. That was the first chance that the media really got to see him throw. He looked good through as far as about 30, 35 yards um, and was out there throwing to a guy, James Washington, out there throwing to Dennis Houston, guys like that. Um Brian, how much, first off, I'll say this. Do you think we can trust, because we've been wrong before about guys coming back. We thought Michael Gallup was going to come back sooner than he did. Do you think we can trust that this is the week that Dak Prescott is back? Do you think we're getting him back this week against the Lions? 
I would say because of him throwing the ball last week, him throwing the ball in front of the nation on that game uh, Sunday night, I would say that, uh, yes, I would say that's the, I think that's the direction. Uh, They're not going to practice Wednesday. uh, So because of the game, the Sunday night game. So he's probably going to go out there and throw a little bit on his own. Maybe work with Britt Brown and those guys. Um, the thing you have to worry now about Dak is that not the, I don't think the thumb, but how about the body? How about the, you know, the back, the core stuff? You know, when you're, when you have it thrown for a while, it takes you a little time to kind of get back going again. And I'm sure he's working really, really diligently on the turning, the rotations. Uh, you know, his lower body, things to kind of get himself going. The last thing you want, don't need, is Dak Prescott going out there and practicing and then making some throws, and all of a sudden we we hear, oh, wait, he's got the shoulder thing again. Oh, well, he's got some lower back tightness. Oh, well, the you know, this, that, and the other. So I'm going to say, yes, he's going to play this week. Uh, but, yeah, I, 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 and I, and the only reason I say that is because of last week's practice, throwing on Sunday, and then kind of him coming out and saying, my plan is to play this week. We actually got a chance to talk to Dak Prescott after the Eagles game. Uh, here was some of that audio. Are you ready to play this week? Was I ready to play this week? Are you ready to play Detroit? Detroit. Is that the plan now? That's, that's my plan. Obviously, uh, got to see Doc. Got to see them. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of my plan. Mike t- McCarthy told he wants to go to full week of practice. So I plan, on, I plan on going to this week and trying to get my full week of practice. Does the tape affect anything? With the, it's all tapes. Just for me, just for comfort, and it's all health. You just talked about, the, you know, obviously, you got to just win, but Cooper is a backup quarterback. How are you? Hello, hello. Hey, Dan, how are you? How are you doing, Dan? What's up? See you again. How are you doing? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't know what the disappointment was when you first started, but the fact that you can come back and the season's still there, you still got something to play for. Yeah, I mean, I never really had any doubt that uh, the team wouldn't do, uh, wouldn't do what they just did. Um, obviously, y'all guys know me very optimistic. Um, Got a lot of pride in this team. Know know the guys that, that are on this team, this defense. Know what Cooper is capable of. Uh, so yeah, I mean, obviously just disappointed that I couldn't be with the guys along that along that what past five weeks, I guess. But um, no, excited to, to move forward and uh, happy as hell with the position that we're in. And uh, yeah, we can get rolling. Yeah, what kind of juice does it give you that you guys are where you are after you've not you played three quarters of a season? I mean, yeah, it's good being four and two. I mean, uh, obviously, I'm not too excited about what. The, the fact that we just lost, um, but yeah, I mean, excited that there's a long season ahead. Uh, we're in a good position. We control uh, we control everything in front of us. Do you feel that this might be the week for you? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's, that's my plan. Does this make you look forward to Christmas Eve that much more? Say one more time. Does this make you look forward to Christmas Eve that much more? After having we play them on Christmas Eve. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm one day at a time. Uh, I, I'm worried about um, preparing myself for the lines, getting ready for the go this week. Uh, when the time comes for these guys. Uh, yeah, we'll be more than ready. I don't, yeah, that's that's, a, that's simply said. I know you've been targeting games. You mentioned the Rams, and then you know now that's been like frustrating. Like how frustrating has it been? I guess when it when it gets pushed back for your timeline. Yeah, I mean, uh, 
I mean, I don't necessarily get that frustrated over that. I can't control this. So obviously, something was healing. I had plans. Um, Bone obviously didn't have the same plan. So as you said, I got pushed back. But that, that, that was just me being eager. There was nothing different than what Doc's plans, uh, the, the trainer's plans. Um, as I said, the plan now is just uh, to go next week. And uh, let's, let's see if I can do that. How did you feel throwing it tonight? Great. Fantastic. All right, Brian, so you heard it there. Uh, his thumb, something that was healing, uh, mentioned that he had plans. Obviously, the bone had other ones. But, man, it's going to be so huge for them to get him back. He, he clearly sounds like a guy who's itching to play, itching to be out there. Um, how how big of a boost do you think it's going to be for this offense, specifically coming off this last game where I think you saw the offensive limitations with Cooper Rush. How big of a boost, whether Dak is back to his first half MVP self or or not from last season, I feel like regardless, Dak Prescott is just an immediate upgrade, even if he's not quite back to his normal self right away. I think psychologically for the team, you know, I, Cooper Rush has done a tremendous job of carrying this team and keeping this team in. This team very well could have been, uh, once Dak got hurt uh, week one, they could have quit. They could have laid down. They could have said, poor me. You know, all the things that, you know, why, 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 you know, one of those types of things. You know, they could be one in five right now, 0 and 6. You know, it, it could have been very easily. They, You know, our quarterback's not playing. The fact that they're still in the hunt in the division, the fact that they're still in the hunt in the conference, I think with Dak coming back, I mean that's that can only help. You know, this team just wasn't good enough on third downs, and you know, let's see, that's kind of been Dak's specialties throughout the years of that ability to find a way to convert some key third downs all along the way, and I think he gives you the ability to run. I think he gives you the ability to extend plays. I think he gives you the ability to, uh, to you know, just overall leadership. You know, when things get a little tough and a little tight, and you know, he's he's a kind of he's that fiery guy that it kind of gets everybody going. Now, all that being said, Dak Prescott cannot play like he did against Tampa Bay. No, he just he just can't. If this team wants to have any aspirations of doing well the second half of the season. Uh, he has got to play like Dak Prescott first half MVP guy that he was last year. Because if he's a 47% passer and a turnover machine and not converting on third downs, you might as well put Cooper Rush back in there because he, he, Dak is not going to do anybody any good. So uh, I'm, I'm confident that, that this time out, him healing, him watching, uh, him maybe seeing that, hey, the simple way of playing football is pretty good. Being a hero all the time sometimes gets you in trouble. That happened to Cooper Rush the other night. Yeah. Through through an interception and double coverage trying to be a hero. Yep. You know, can't do that. Dak Prescott did that against Tampa, uh, you know, week one. Can't be a hero. Sometimes you just have to take what they give you and then you move on from there. Manage the games and and find ways to win. And they need that guy, uh, you know, going forward. But I think it's a it's a big boost just from a psychological standpoint that the team now knows they have their starting quarterback back. Kellen Moore talked on Monday was was asked about the struggles that Dak had against Tampa Bay and and coming back into the offense now. 
and uh you know you know how things have changed since then and one of the things that kellen moore pointed out was you know he said the offensive line is is more stable right now than yes. it was in week one uh michael gallup is back cd lamb has started coming into his, his own a little bit you're gonna have guys like jake ferguson and peyton hendershot as tight ends who have gotten more meaningful reps um, and, and that they've kind of figured out a, a flow to the offense and everything like that. Uh, do you think that this offense is, is better positioned for Dak to step into and make a difference right away than it was in week one? Do you, like, do you think there were too many complicating factors in week one that were going to make it tough for that offense to succeed that night? I wish the Cowboys could play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers you know, this week, next week, three weeks from now. I, I, I think Tampa is a completely different team. I think the Cowboys are a completely different team. There were so many questions about what was going to happen at left tackle. There were questions about what they were going to do with wide receiver. Hell, you're 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 winning games without even Dalton Schultz being a factor in these games. Yeah, and remember you know, remember McGovern went out on that first drive. McGovern went out on the first drive. I mean, you had so many questions that were just circling around this team. Was this defense really that good? You know, could Micah Parsons play at the level he played at last year? Well, Dorrance Armstrong, hey, Brian Broadus really likes him as a, a possibility, as a guy that can grow. You know, I mean, there were just so many things we were talking about. But your left tackle has gotten better. Your left guard's gotten better. Your right tackle has gotten better. I mean, I throw a lot of dirt on that kid, and he's gotten better as a player. You're running the football with some effectiveness. Your, your, your play card tends to have a little bit better balance than what's going on. And the defense is as good as advertised. So, yeah, I mean, everything about this is, is pointing in the right direction. And I think Dak Prescott benefits from all that. Now, when we talk about, obviously, the, the thumb has been the focus. But because the thumb has been the focus, I think we've forgotten what was a big narrative heading into this season, which was, hey, how much are we going to see Dak Prescott running the football? We still haven't seen that answered because he got hurt in the first game and, and we only saw him playing in the first game. When he comes back here, what is your level of anticipation that you think he could be mobile or they could look to take advantage of his legs a little bit this season and see if his his health and his lower body, which has been an issue, obviously, with the broken ankle and, and the calf strain and everything else, how much do you think his legs are going to be an aspect that this offense will use? If he was playing in the first drive of the Philadelphia game, you would have seen him pull the ball uh, on third and two and run for a first down. Mm. You know, I mean – sweat the defensive end for the Eagles. You know, he just slides down, tackles Zeke. It's a one-yard gain. It, you know, Cooper Rush pulls that ball and just goes straight ahead. He's probably going to get somewhere between five to seven yards, just pulling the ball and going forward. That that The threat of Dak Prescott pulling that ball and those third and two RPOs are going to get you some first downs. You know, because that's that – we saw what happens when, when they're able to, you know, paralyze uh, Parsons on the RPO stuff. Even handing it off, I mean, you, that that threat of the quarterback running just stops everybody. And I think with Dak, he would have pulled that ball and gone forward, and you'd have had a first down, you know, and you'd have kept the drive going and things. That that's where this is going to. The fact that if the that the blocking breaks down and, you know, he can step up and just run. I think that's a factor in this thing. Cooper Rush is not going to run away from anybody, you know? I mean, you were really limited to what you could do with him. But, it, you know, it worked. 
I think with Dak, though, you just totally expand everything that we just talked about. Who does the who who benefits most from the return of Dak Prescott? Is it is it a healthy Dalton Schultz? Yeah, I think Dalton Schultz will get back on that horse. Uh, I think that Michael Gallup will benefit greatly. Michael and 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 Dak have a really good rapport with each other. The way that they uh, that they work, uh, the throws that they make. Uh, you know, we'll see. Um, we'll see what happens with the running game, because again, if it's the RPO stuff that they could do, does that open up opportunities for, uh, you know, the, like, okay, they're playing the quarterback here. Uh, ball goes inside. Now it's a, a good run because you have a little bit of a crease there. So I think Dak being back, everybody that we mentioned are, are and probably helps Kellen Moore too, as a play caller as well. You are listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast, and you can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, before we jump into our favorite segment of the day, uh, our favorite segment of the show, it is, uh, of course, the listener mailbag where we get questions from you guys on Twitter as well as email. Uh, I want to remind you guys that this podcast is sponsored by Boomer Jacks. You know, we are so grateful to be partnered up with Boomer Jacks because it is one of my favorite spots in the Metroplex. I know it's one of Brian's favorite spots in the Metroplex. And on Tuesday and Wednesday, if you're a big wing person, Boomer Jacks has the hookup for you. Tuesday night, it is half price bone-in wings. Wednesday night is half price boneless wings. So whatever your fancy is, Boomer Jacks has you set up. And then, of course, you know, the rest of the nights of the week, they have you set up with all the football games that you want to watch. Uh, and, and so Boomer Jacks is the perfect spot, whether you're looking for a happy hour with coworkers somewhere to watch the game with your buddies. And then, then look, there's going to be plenty of them on every night now with, you know, hockey getting started back up, basketball getting started back up. We already know that we're in the middle of football season. And so Boomer Jacks is the spot for whatever you're looking for. You can head over to boomerjacks.com to find one of the 17 DFW locations. That is boomerjacks.com. Brian, we're going to jump into some of these questions now. Uh, first one from, let's jump into this first one from uh, Jay. His question is Tyler Smith regressing at pass protection? No, I don't think so at all. I, I you know, when you I think they ran sixty-five plays, something like that, the other night. You know, you you have to grade all sixty-five plays. You're going to have even your best offensive linemen are going to break down on a player two. You just hope it's not the, the one play. It, it, just. It's just hard the other night with Brandon Graham because overall I felt like the offensive line was able to hold their own against this Eagles pass rush. And that includes Tyler Smith. You just saw the one play where he got, got beat. And unfortunately it was on a key part of the, uh, of the, of the, of the game. And, but I don't think Tyler Smith is regressing as all as a player. Matter of fact, I, I think there's a lot of really positive things that you could point to. Uh, with his understanding of the game, uh, you know, he's going to see a lot of these guys a second time around. Yep. He's going to get to see the commanders a second time around. He's going to get to see the Giants a second time around and the Eagles a second time around. I think by the end of this season, we'll all be pretty happy where Tyler Smith is at right now. Next question here from uh, Bobby. He says, does Micah Parsons get held as much as it appears to the untrained eye? Why isn't he getting the calls? If so, we got this question a lot this week about uh, it. You know, why is Micah not getting calls and, and, and is it as bad as it appears? I will say that occasionally 
Um, some things that look like holds. He's he's a big fan of using the rip move, and the rip move naturally makes things look like holds sometimes that officials won't call that um, because it's it, it's considered a bit of a sell job. But um, overall, I think that, yeah, he, he gets held pretty frequently. And Brian, is that a case you think of young player just having to earn the calls? Has it been, you know, maybe some of the, the way that he's spoken publicly about being held and, and the roughing the passer calls and everything else? Do you think that that has not endeared him to NFL officials potentially? What, what do you think might be the reason for him not getting some of the calls? That's a great question. And I love learning about these officials. I love learning about who makes calls, who doesn't make calls. We went in that game the other night and John Hussey's crew was big on PIs and we didn't have a PI in that game. And I think he had one illegal contact penalty. That was it. Uh, So yeah, it's really kind of a strange thing with these officials. You know, they, um, they get the tape. I'm sure the Cowboys have sent in plenty of cuts where it, Michael Parsons has been held yep. and the league has probably said, yes, that's holding. Yes, that's holding. No, that's not holding. So I, it, it, it just really depends Bobby on what crews you get and what games. Some of these officials, if they, if they go into a game and see, or are prepping for a game and they watch tape of their teams they're working on, they watch tape, they see, you know, where they're at with uh, these, uh, some of these penalties. And I guarantee you, some of these officials are looking at Micah Parsons and going, wow, he sure does get held a lot. So we'll see if, in fact, that, that the tide turns. I don't think it's a young guy thing. I think it's more crew to crew. Yeah, and like I said, I think that sometimes uh, people uh, need to at least have the expectation of what the league considers holding. Because when you do, when you go for a rip move, for instance, that looks yeah. like holding and they're not going to call that. If that's the grab, if you're grabbing their arm, yeah. I mean, if you're, if they're trying to rip and your hands are inside the framework of the body and somehow, some way you got their arm pinned, they're not going to call. Yeah. That. And no. it, it can, it's look the like ones it. where you, it's the ones where you make the, like uh, I'm using a, a rodeo term. When you bulldog somebody, when you are, you know, a, a, a cow or yeah. a calf and you, and you put, you know, you put your arm around, they call those, they call those ones where you hook guys. Anytime your hands are outside the framework of, a, of your body or the defender's body, they tend to call those the most anything inside. They're not going to call it all. Next question here from Doug. What are the real issues preventing this team from stopping the run? Is it scheme? Do we not have the right players? Again, I think they're against Philadelphia. When you talk about efficiency, they did a good job of it. Philly was just really committed to it. Um, and, and there were times, obviously, where, you know, in critical moments, they didn't stop it. And that was frustrating. Um, but, man, I, I think part of it is execution. Uh, I, I think they do have the right guys on the defense for it. But, I mean, they're, they're clearly a stronger team when it comes to their pass defense. I, I think it's just they're, they're not an elite run defense. They're a good one. Yeah, I mean... The Eagles are a good running team and they average three and a half yards a carry. Right. You know, I mean, I, I mean, I think people are mistaking volume, volume to how it's actually affected. And, and, okay. The, the series, they closed the game out 11 straight runs. Yeah. It'd have been nice to get a stop. It would have been, they couldn't, they couldn't get Jack Driscoll to have to pass block in that right. series. That's the problem. You know, I mean, and, Okay, how committed – not teams are – some teams, 
you by how bad Jack Driscoll was, that made their resolve even more committed to running the football because they were they were not going to let him block Micah Parsons. They just weren't going to do yeah. it, you know. And it, it looks bad when a team runs the ball eleven straight times, but. If it's 11 straight times and it's one yard, three yards, four yards, six yards, five yards, okay, okay. you know, the, the, the Cowboys were not getting gashed. You know, it wasn't like Jalen Hurts was running gash runs on you. It wasn't like Miles Sanders was running, you know, it wasn't like Miles Sanders had 187 yards rushing, you know. They averaged three and a half yards. I mean, the league average is what? Over four, right? Yeah. It, I mean, it's for a team that runs the ball. You want to know the real problem? The real problem was you didn't tackle well enough. You had chances in the hole. Leighton Van Der Esch on the touchdown run for Miles Sanders. Watch the All-22, guys. I always talk about this. I'm, I'm sorry if you can't get the access to it, but trust me, you will see with your own eyes Leighton Van Der Esch standing in the B-gap, Miles Sanders running at the B-gap. For some unknown reason, Leighton Van Der Esch jumps into the A-gap. And now there's a hole there. Or you can watch Hooker miss a tackle. You can watch Wilson miss a tackle. You know, that's teams run the ball because you're you're not effective enough at winning at the point of attack and then also being assignment sound where you need to be to finish. That's that's what running the football is. When as great as Dorrance Armstrong has been rushing the passer, there are times he is god awful playing run defense. Yes. And, you know, Chauncey Golston is a better run defender overall. I mean, Randy Gregory had the same problem. You run at him, you hook him, you move him. You know, that's the problem. When you play with light, long, rangy defensive ends, with the exception of what Tank is, you know, Tank has a nickname of Tank for a reason because <laughs> yeah. he hangs in there. Yeah. You know, Dortz Armstrong is a light Long, linear defensive end. Watch him in the All-22. When the ball goes the outside, he gets hooked. Watch Leighton Vanderish get blocked. Watch the corner not step up. Watch the safety miss a tackle in space. You know, that's the problem. It's, it's not scheme. It's how good are you at getting off blocks and finishing tackles. Question here from Adrian. Can the offense get Zeke and Pollard off tackle? Play calling seems to run primarily in the A and B gap. Brian, would you prefer to see them try and push some stuff to the outside? I remember that was a question last year. They were yeah. really efficient running the ball outside, and people kept asking, hey, what's the deal? And I remember Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy were both like, yeah, that'd be nice to do that. And it's like, okay, then are you going to do it? And they never really did. Uh, what do you think is the key to trying to get them to – get the ball outside more? Is it just a matter of calling it or, or, or do they got yeah. certain looks? Well, yeah, they, uh, well, I think it was a third down carry that they had a third and one that, or third and short that they had, that they bounced outside that they pulled, you know, they got, they got Zeke on the edge. He was able to get around the corner. I think he went for four or five yards, went out of bounds first down. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I think the thing with Zeke, to be honest with you, and we saw what he did on his touchdown run. He attacked and then he cut. That I don't think Zeke is your outside runner guy anymore. I think he's patient. I think he kind of lets blocks develop, but he doesn't have the burst that he once had. Now, there's the balance is really, really good. And when he can attack downhill, make a cut, and then go forward, we've seen him have better success than 
like I said, bouncing it on the outside. There was a time in 2016, 2017, that he was a little bit of a quicker guy, yeah. that he could do that. If you're going to run it outside, you need to run it outside with Pollard. He's the one that can take it to the edge. But the problem is when they string it out, he doesn't have the power of Zeke. You know, when a string plays out and it's on the outside, yep. Zeke, Zeke will wait, 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 and then he'll commit like, okay, i got to try and get three yards here. You yes. know, where Pollard kind of gets stopped, stalemated, you know, they just got uh, – getting the ball on the edge too, it requires your your tackles to block really well, your tight ends to be really well. They've done a pretty good job on the outside with some of these blocks with the tackles and tight ends. Last question here from Gigi. Will Noah Brown still be a factor with Dak as quarterback? And uh, should the Cowboys go and get another wide receiver, um, somebody like OBJ? Uh, yeah. Noah Brown obviously had a really strong start to the season. His production has tapered off the last two or three weeks. Um, and, and it's not that he's not been getting snaps. He's still been out there. He's just not getting targeted. The The passing game obviously has not been as, as strong the last couple of weeks. They barely threw it against the Rams. They weren't efficient against the Eagles. Um, I, I, I still think that as much as we've talked about Cooper Rush and Noah Brown getting time together, which they've gotten plenty, Dak has gotten a lot of practice reps with Noah Brown over the years. They, they've worked together yeah. a lot. So I, I still think he's a factor. And as we mentioned last week, I absolutely would pursue somebody like Odell Beckham. Yeah, I, I think there's there's some merit to that. But also, one of the best damn catches that wasn't a catch happened in that football uh, game. Yeah, if he and, that, and that's the kind of crap that Noah Brown could do for you. You know, and I think the passing game the last couple of weeks, the Rams weren't going to beat you, so you really didn't have to throw the ball. The Eagles beat you because they could cover your guys. That's where that's where you have that's where it was really going down in that football game. Yeah. And your quarterback wasn't very good. That's another thing that was going down in that football game. Yeah, I think Dak, what we saw in training camp was Dak Prescott throwing the ball. The reason why Noah Brown, Simi Fajoko, and those guys looked good in training camp was Dak Prescott throwing the ball. Yeah. Because those guys were out there practicing every day. So, yes, I think Noah Brown, keep, keep rolling with Noah Brown. I think the receiver group with Dak being back is going to be better. And I mentioned it earlier, I think that Dalton Schultz, once he gets healthy, I think things will be good for him again. You know, and now you now you'll have now you'll have some legitimate weapons on the outside. Hey, Bobby, before we go though, there was yeah. one question I saw. Somebody asked about why uh McGovern and Peters, why is it Peters playing? I'm starting to have my doubts about Jason Peters playing. You I don't think, think you he's don't playing think he's here on this roster. Yeah, I don't yeah, I don't think he's playing as well. And, you know, McGovern has not been bad. No. McGovern has not been bad. He was bad. He was not great against the commanders, but he, he's been – I mean, he was one of your better blockers in the Rams game. And, yeah. you know, in this game, yeah, I mean, he it's a struggle sometimes, but he's not terrible. Jason Peters, I don't think – I think we've seen the end of Jason Peters. I really, really do. Even, I, I feel even, like in even if he gets healthy? I, I don't know if he's really healthy, but I also think he's 40 years old. And yeah. last year, I felt like that he gave you something. But you know what? With the way they're playing at left tackle, the way that the, that McGovern's playing at, at left guard, I you know what? I can't put Jason Peters in the lineup right now. I, I he, he doesn't look as good as he did against when he was playing with Chicago. He could be a swing guy. They might need a roster spot. I wouldn't be one bit surprised if – all of a sudden that they start getting some guys back healthy and they need a spot that maybe Jason Peters is that guy that gets moved on. 
That does it for us here today on Love of the Star. We will be we will be with you guys uh, two more times this week, hopefully with some updates on Dak Prescott. Uh, Cowboys obviously in need of getting their quarterback back in this lineup. Uh, we'll talk to you guys again later this week.